Hi, and welcome to the Casual Talk Podcast, a show about tech, internet culture, lifestyle, and a bunch of other interesting topics discussed casually. I'm your host, Suleiman, the Casual Talk. I'm back with another episode, and even though it's December, like I said on Instagram, where you should be following me, by the way, at Casual Talk Podcast, the job is not done. This is one of two episodes that I plan on releasing before the end of 2022. Two episodes in one month, that's unheard of. But you know what? We're here to discuss things casually and also let you know about some of the tech news currently happening. And with that, let's get into the tech news. So our first tech story for this episode is about Apple. Because when is it never about Apple? So according to prolific Apple analyst and leaker Mark Gurman, Apple is planning to allow its users to sideload apps onto the phone, which could appear as soon as Apple's next major software update with iOS 17. Now this is massive news because we all know how security focused Apple is and how secure their app store is. So with this news, it is quite surprising that they're actually considering this. But this is a response to the European Union's ruling around Apple and letting Apple relax some of its security features. But this could come with a few caveats like this only being available in Europe and also uh, the apps have to be pre-approved by Apple. So it wouldn't make much of a difference, but this still is quite a radical news coming out of Apple that they will allow users to sideload apps, which was a feature that was mainly only reserved for Android phones but we are seeing that this might become a reality for Apple users. Our next story is that Twitter will be shutting down its newsletter tool uh, in January of 2023. So Twitter acquired a company called Review, which is a newsletter tool back in 2021. And this was in a hope to attract journalists and writers of more longer form content to adopt Twitter as a tool in the marketing and writing strategies. So in my opinion, the tool wasn't really fully realized. And I think Twitter is realizing that the tool isn't really working on the platform. And so they are shutting it down on January 12th, 2023. Um, after this date, users won't be able to actually access any of their data and all of it will be deleted, all of the databases will be deleted. So there shouldn't be any concerns over information or customer uh, information being leaked. But you know, with the tech world and with cybersecurity, anything is possible. I mean, this data could easily be sold on the dark web um, with not many people knowing and with Twitter's tech track record with security, um, users might not even find out about this until months later when their data has been stolen and been sold to uh, nefarious characters. So this news is quite sad for people that um, have invested heavily in the tool, but uh, Twitter has made their final decision to shut down review. So let's move on to the music segment of the episode. And as always, this segment is called A Journey Into Sound. And this edition is actually sponsored by my wife, who is currently paying me with the yams. 
She requested that I check out an artist by the name of Fozia, who is a Moroccan-Canadian singer who uh, recently raised to prominence through her collaboration with John Legend, but also her personal catalogue is actually quite vast. And I took a listen to it and this is what I came up with. So let's hear what she's all about. So I definitely like her vibe, uh, she has quite an amazing voice, uh, very beautiful and I enjoy her style of music. Uh, she can definitely do the more ballady sound and also uh, something that is a bit more up-tempo and upbeat and I think this just shows that she is quite versatile as an artist but I'd be interested to see what you guys think about it. Um, what you think about her music, um, I'll have an Instagram reel up and a TikTok video asking for your guys opinion so just look out for that so way back at the beginning of the year with episode one i alluded to the fact that tiktok is actually changing the music industry and we are actually seeing this in process at the moment where um the new generation of music executives are actually getting their start on tiktok so TikTok lends itself to songs that sound kind of like nursery rhymes and that are a little bit shorter. Uh, but we have seen countless examples of people who have struggled to get into the music industry from the organizational side because it felt like an impenetrable force. But with the advent of TikTok and artists being able to preview some of their songs on TikTok, some of these people have actually been able to start their careers in the music industry and this is quite surprising actually not surprising at all because um like i said in my first episode if you want to go viral with a song these days you need to make it uh tiktok friendly and this has been the formula that has worked for quite a number of artists so um, i'd love to get your guys thoughts on this topic um, do you think that tiktok has changed the music industry So let's get into the next topic on the show, which is the FIFA 2022 World Cup, which is currently being held in Qatar. Um, this seems to be on everybody's minds and everybody's lips at the moment. 
for various reasons, um, all the soccer fans are obviously enjoying the football on display with the world's best teams and the world's best players. Uh, we've seen so far so many upsets where some of the more mono teams have taken on the bigger world-class teams and have actually beaten them. And this has caused a lot of conversation online and it actually has people doubting some of the bigger teams and their ability to actually make it further into the World Cup. But I see a lot of them as actually um, improved their performances after the scares being beaten by some of the smaller teams. Teams like Argentina uh, had a stumbling block at the beginning of the tournament but bounced back quite strong winning their remaining matches. And Argentina is actually my favorite to win the World Cup. And I must admit that this decision is also partly based on the fact that EA Sports has, for the last three World Cups, correctly predicted the World Cup winner. And for this tournament, they've predicted that Argentina will come out tops. So this is kind of like a tech-driven uh, decision because the decision has been made uh, via an AI model uh, based off of teams' previous performances and the probability to win the World Cup so my decision is Argentina, they are a good team. I mean, they've got one of the best players in the world, uh, Lionel Messi, who is their captain. Um, so I think they've got a good chance to win the tournament just based off of their performances and also based off of the decision made by the AI model from EA Sports. But let's take a step back and actually discuss the controversies that the Qatar uh, World Cup committee faced before the actual start of the tournament with reports coming out that there has been blatant mistreatment of migrant workers and a lot of the supposed human rights violations that they have been accused of. Then there's also the decision that the Qatar government made days before the start of the tournament to not allow any consumption of alcohol in the stadium unless you actually have a hospitality ticket and are actually in one of the boxes. And I mean, these tickets were exorbitantly expensive starting at just over $10,000 and going up all the way to $25,000. So you can easily see that only if you're able to afford it, would you be able to enjoy alcohol in the stadium. Next up, I definitely want to give a shout out to the Moroccan team for actually making it to the semi-finals. And it was actually quite surprising because they are the first African team to get to this point in the tournament and it definitely is a boost for African football and football on the continent as a whole. But now all eyes are on Sunday with the final coming up where it is Argentina versus France. And I'll reiterate this again, my team of choice is Argentina and I believe that they will take the World Cup this Sunday. But I'm keen to hear who you think will take the World Cup on Sunday, Argentina or France? So let's continue this episode where we talk about when tech companies decide to remove tech or features from their products a little bit too early it seems, but then at the end of the day they decide to bring it back. And this can be confusing for some and it leaves a lot to be desired, but what ends up happening is that the tech community and people that use the products end up complaining and these tech companies eventually bring it back. Um, there aren't any companies that are exempt from this. You know, we're talking about the Microsofts of the world. Android is definitely one of them and also Apple. 
Apple is quite notorious for removing features from the products only to bring them back. Uh, sometimes they don't actually bring them back um, because they feel like the technology that they have um, at the disposal is better for the end consumer and this is evident in the removal of the headphone jack which at the beginning of this happening Apple received a lot of hate and a lot of ridicule from other tech companies especially Samsung and what actually ended up happening was that they followed suit too they too removed the headphone jack from their devices especially the smartphones and nowadays it is very very rare that you find a smartphone with a headphone jack another hardware feature that apple decided to remove from their smartphones was the home button and this was a big shock to the tech industry when apple released the iphone 10 and this made it so that people had to rely on a full touch screen display to navigate the phone using gestures only and for the security of the phone in order to unlock it they needed to use face id at the time this seemed like a wild wild decision but at the end of the day uh, apple users became used to this they are now completely reliant on face id or just using the passcode to unlock the phone and the security of this feature has vastly improved over the years and is now the standard for iphones one other notable the removal of feature from a tech company comes from Microsoft when they decided to release the Xbox One S all digital version and this came as a shock to many consumers and gamers as they were no longer able to use physical discs in the console and this kind of alienated a lot of people that maybe didn't have a very good internet connection especially in a developing country like ours in South Africa but also it blocked people from using older games from say the original Xbox and the Xbox 360. To me it seemed like this move was definitely a cash grab from Microsoft in order to force people to pay for their Game Pass service. Um, their rationale might have been that a lot of the console exclusives already are a part of Game Pass but what they failed to recognizes that some people have very special games that are close to them but maybe were made by smaller indie developers that maybe isn't available on game pass and now they were left in the dark and weren't able to use or actually play their games as it was not available on game pass at the time and probably still isn't um, at the end of the day now going back to apple uh, in this discussion I think the biggest change or the biggest removal of a hardware feature from the tech giant was definitely the introduction of Apple's own silicon in the form of the M1. This move definitely marked a big change for Apple with them no longer relying on Intel chips to power their computers. And the M1 was first introduced into the MacBook Air and the 13 inch MacBook Pro. Now I personally use a MacBook Pro with the M1 processor and what I can say is that this change definitely was for the better. Because the hardware and software experience is integrated, uh, there definitely was a period of transition and still currently is happening with a lot of software developers for Mac having to use the Rosetta platform to enable M1 users to use legacy versions of their software until they make the software optimized for M1 use. So 
after M1 was released, Apple sort of built on top of that with the release of the M1 Pro, uh, the M1 Ultra, and then subsequently, most recently, the M2 processor. These were mainly focused on Apple's smaller computers and laptops, like the Mac Mini, uh, the release of the Mac Studio, uh, the M2 processor was put into the new MacBook Air as well as the standard 13-inch MacBook Pro. But what a lot of prosumers and professional users are actually waiting for is for Apple to integrate the M1 architecture into the Mac Pro machines. These are the big professional-grade uh, Apple computers that are used in a lot of professional scenarios like the film industry and architecture because a lot of rendering gets done on these machines and it needs all of the power that Apple could possibly put into it so a lot of consumers sorry I should mean prosumers and professionals are looking forward to the integration of the M1 or the M2 architecture in the Mac Pro computers. Uh, this will be a very exciting development for Apple and it will definitely delight a lot of Apple fans and Apple professionals. And with that, we have come to the end of this episode. It's been a pleasure recording this episode for you, and I hope that you guys have found some value from this episode uh, in a casual manner. Uh, just remember that this is not the last episode for 2022. I have one more episode planned to be released before the end of the year. And with that, this has been me, Suleiman, the Casual Talk. I'll see you guys soon.